You're really not here by chance. God has a divine purpose and calling. We welcome you all into our morning service, our second service this morning, at the second Sunday of the year, 2017. I'm so excited to introduce to you our theme for the year. If you look up at the banners, as well as our screens, it says, Strive in the Spirit. Look at it again. Strive in the Spirit. And the word strive there has boxed in so many words of what that word strive means. And it talks about, you can see it right in front of you, it also actually means to contend, to battle, to fight for, to rest in, to pray, to walk in the Spirit, live in the Spirit. How many of us need to rest in the Spirit of God? This is what God is teaching us this year, 2017, how to strive in the Spirit. Strive, make great efforts to achieve or obtain something. Attempt, endeavor, aim, labor, work very hard to become victorious to the utmost. And then it goes further and it says, press through, fight, battle, contend. Look at your neighbor and tell him, go all out. In what you believe in. And then it says, do your very best and let nothing hinder, stop, or distract your confidence. And if you believe what that says, you can help me by saying, amen. Can we give God another clap offering, please? There's several scriptures I'd like to share with you this morning. And first of all, I'd like to go into the book of John. St. John chapter 4, starting at verse 23. I'm reading from the Amplified Translation. So if you're reading from King James, NLT, or whatever uh, other translation that would best suit you to give you comprehension of it, then just follow along with me in the Amplified. It reads, A time will come, however indeed it is already here, when the true, genuine worshipers will worship the Father, how? In spirit and in truth. Or in parentheses, it says, in reality. For the Father is seeking just such people as these, as his worshipers. Now, let me clarify the word worship. The word worship is not just about or only about singing a song, or it's not just about instrument playing or dancing or some kind of signs of praise. The word worship means a lifestyle. You are identified by God, by your worship, in your lifestyle. In other words, we love to sing songs, and here we love to really worship. And you, you already witnessed our worship this morning, praise and worship. But it's not just about singing a song. It's not just about doing the hula, the dance. It really is taking what we've learned and are learning and putting it into application in our life so that we become a true, genuine worshiper of our Heavenly Father, giving Him the highest praise. I said it this morning in the first service. How many of you like to eat ice cream? We see a few people and a few people that would love to because of their uh, statement that they're going to lose weight. They're not raising their hand. 
But most of us love that dessert. It's refreshing. I love to eat ice cream as well. Uh, when you have your birthdays, you probably celebrate it. Maybe with your child, buy them some ice cream and... Oh, it just goes together. Isn't that true? In fact, uh, can you prepare me one from the ice cream store, please? But it's a delight. It's a dessert. It's a desire. When we worship God, it's a delight for God. It's a desire. This is what God desires is our worship and our praise. But it shouldn't just only be about a song. It should be about the way we live, how we give God the thanksgiving, how we glorify him, how we live a life pleasing according to his word. And it goes on now in verse 24, John 4, 24. It says, God is a spirit, a spiritual being. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, in reality again. So that's what a true worshiper is. It's a lifestyle of how we live that glorifies God. Let me go over in the book of Philippians. In chapter 3, starting at verse 12, the scripture reads now in a different translation. In the NLT it reads, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things, or that I have, I have already reached perfection. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brethren or brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting things that are in the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. And if you believe that, you can help me by saying, Amen. You know, many believers all over the world called Christians, and we know that everything stems from being Christ-like followers, where the word Christian comes from. But the challenge of every believer is always with trying to forget or release their past. Every time we go forward, there's something in our past that tries to hinder us from moving forward. It stops us. It prohibits us. It distracts us. It causes us to look at the situation instead of looking at where we're going. Here's the word that I want to bring up is the word focus. Paul says in verse 13, Dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. If anything that you and I need to forget about or leave behind is our past. Our past failures, our past hurts, our past things that we may have done that may have not been pleasing now in our present. But if we hang on those, to those things that tries to bring us back to our past, it always stops you from going to the next level. How many of you graduated from high school? All 15 of you. Okay. I just, it's just an illustration. Okay. In order to go to the next level and graduate, you have to finish that course. And then you go up to the next level, finish that course. You go up to the next level and finish that course. You cannot graduate until you have finished or completed the course with passing grades. Isn't it true? 
Now, as we have accepted Christ, for many of us today, we've learned that there's things that are in our past that we need to overcome. We need to uh, know that I've now grown and matured over this situation so that I don't have to deal with it any longer. For example, many a times we don't like what people say about us. We don't like the way people look at us. How many of you had a problem like that? So don't look at your neighbor, look at me. <laughs> many a times when people look at us or people say things or we just hear things, we get moved by what people had said about us. I'd like to encourage you, don't get moved about, about what someone said about you. You're just being moved because you just now found out. <laughs> They've been always talking about you. But what moves you is you allow yourself to revert back to the past. Your past has already been forgiven, has already been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You allowed Christ now to forgive you of your sins. Therefore, you can forgive others. And God has cleansed you from those errors, those faults, and those mistakes. The scripture says, we have not attained all things and we are not perfect. But also the scripture says, we are walking towards perfection. How many of us need to kind of straighten up our path? That's the reason we come to the house of worship. So we can learn. We can be edified. We can be encouraged. We can learn what it is to move forward onward and upward so we'd like to move up to the next or the higher uh, altitude and the only way we can move up to the next altitude is we need to make an attitude adjustment tell your neighbor besides you politely you need to make an attitude adjustment <laughs> okay all right no swinging please no scratching let's just keep this right here okay and so we got some people saying amen, hallelujah. So adjustments need to be made within ourselves. But what brings us to the conclusion of making those adjustments? The word of God says in John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man goes to my father or have access to the kingdom of heaven but by me. So Jesus Christ came and he walked the face of this earth for over 33 years. He started his ministry at age 30, but he was being educated from the time of childbirth all the way up to age 30. The last time he was recorded was at age 12 years, when he was found in a synagogue talking with the pastors and the evangelists and the preachers and those that knew the word of God. But Jesus was the son of God that came in a form of man. He came in a form of man so that he would begin to set patterns and show the illustration that you and I can still become overcomers. We can become conquerors. We can face all challenges and adversities and still come out victorious. But yet we are not perfect. The word of God perfects us. One thing we need to learn is it's time to release the old and allow the new to take place. We just exited 216. Now we're entering 2017. How many of us have New Year's resolution? Two people. Okay, we're working on it. We're working on it. More of us are, you know, feeling guilty, so we raise our hand because the next person did. But it's causing us to understand 
that we need change in our life. The way we need change is to focus. Tell your neighbor beside you, it's time for you and I to focus. The word focus means to have a clear vision. The word focus means to have a clear vision. Don't allow things to blur your vision. Example is, it's hard to drive forward, going forward, when you're busy looking backward. How many of us, or do we all have backseat drivers? <laughs> well, we have hands going up. But how many of us know that it's almost impossible going forward, but we're looking backward? Or we're looking sideward? Or we're looking at some other direction instead of looking and focusing on where you're going. You know, that's really almost impossible because you will get into an accident. You have to stay focused on where you're going. But many a times, we just look at what's happening behind us. I remember a man doing, uh, was in a race, and while going in the race that one morning, he looked to his co-driver, he looked at his rearview mirror, and he ripped it right off of the windshield, and he threw it away. His co-driver says, what are you doing? You need that rear mirror to help to see what is happening behind us. And the driver said to the co-driver, he said, what is behind of me is of no concern. I'd like to encourage you this morning. There's many things that we left behind. It should not be of your concern. If it happened in 216, leave it there. It's time for you and I to step into 217 and strive in the spirit. Learn what it is to please God in the spirit realm. Learn what it is to pray in the spirit realm. Learn what it is to go into levels or areas that no man has gone before. How do you do that? First of all, number one, is submit and surrender yourself completely to God. Not to a ministry, not to a church, and not to an individual, to God. The scripture, uh, the, what tells us this here is it's hard for us to keep on going forward when we're yet paying attention to things that are on the side of us. If you take away, oh, okay, let me read that. You cannot be distracted by things that can cause you to get off track. So let me talk about the word track now. If you take away the TR from the word track, thank you, you will have the word act. We need to stay focused so that our actions may have traction. If not, our traction will become subtraction. Then our action will lose traction. And the action will be to slip or slide and fall into some ditch that the devil has already assigned for you to fail. How many of us need traction? The way to have traction is to stay on track. 
and not be distracted about the things. It could be people. It could be places. It could be uh, maybe your family members or co-workers. It could be your neighbors. You're still fighting about the mango inside your yard, which as the tree is in his yard. So whose mango is it? It's the both of you guys. Just share it. Stop looking at the things in the past. Go forward. I was talking about graffiti when you were in hit Simba on the head. You remember graffiti? Huh? Fiki. Fiki, graffiti, or tafiti? I don't know. He was on Samoan monkey, but anyway. I guess. I don't know. I don't know his full name. Help me, somebody. So he slapped them, the slap symbol on the head with the stick. How many of you remember that? Look, everybody in movies that day. He slapped him on the head. And Simba, ow, what did you do that for? And Graffiti told him. Right now, it's my story, so I'm going to use. Okay? It's my story, so let me tell him the way I know. Simba said, why did you do that for? Graffiti, tell him. It doesn't matter. It's in the past. <laughs> you know, many a times the word of God is slapping you and I and we still divert to the past. But we got to let the past go. Well, you know her, as she always, you know, dig up the past. You know him, husbands and wives, there's so many. And this is why it's so valuable and important for you today to sign up for this class on Tuesday. It's very, very important. This is a preventative course. This is a course that will help build your, your marriage, help prevent things from happening. <clears throat> Many of us go to the preventative class for fires. This is an easy one. Just stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> okay, all right, you caught that, so let's move on. So what does it do for me? It helps me to appreciate the gift that God has given to me. See, when God, I'm not getting away, I'm just trying to tie this in. When God made man, he also made woman. He could have taken, he could have taken uh, Eve from Adam's toe bone. What would Adam do? Adam would be like, eh, bring me the remote. <laughs> eh, what would we get for eat? Could he, he makes himself dominant over the woman. He could have took the bone from Adam's head and made Eve. But Eve would have said, Adam, you ain't hunting yet or what? You ain't clean the house, or excuse me, the garden. But he took the bone that was closest to Adam's heart. That's why when we hug, we honey honey, we show love, we embrace one another. Because we put that love from where it first came from. The heart. That's how man should be totally transparent. Husband and wife should be totally transparent to one another. There should be no secrets. That's found in Galatians chapter 2 verse 25. Verse 24 before that says, Therefore shall a husband leave his wife. Uh, leave his wife. <laughs> Come to the marriage class. You found the true answer. Therefore... 
Shall a man leave his father and his mother and cleave to his wife? Now, don't you guys go home and leave your wife, husbands. You know, apostles say, therefore shall a man leave his wife. That's not my intention in what I said. I'm clarifying it. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, cleave to his own wife, and they shall become one. Verse 25 says, and they both were naked and were not embarrassed, or they were not ashamed. That means a husband and wife is able to look right through each other and have no secrets. If you have secrets, you are holding things of your past and you're not revealing your whole heart, your true heart and identity to your spouse. Therefore, you will have problems. You will have trouble. And you're opening up a whole lot of can of worms to take place in your marriage. So the quickest and easiest thing the best thing that you need to do at that time is to be quick to forgive. Oh, I'm not going to forgive you. Why should I ask you to forgive me? Last week I did that. It's now your turn. What do you mean? You're taking turns. Who going to forgive who first? <laughs> Normally the husband steps up to the platform. <clears throat> I heard one amen. <laughs> Let me say that again. Normally the husband's Step up to the platform. Amen. Amen. What does he say? Sorry. He doesn't just say sorry right away. He doesn't just do that. He says, please forgive me. A true man of God and a true person, a true individual. And you are the head of the household, man. God holds you responsible for everything that happens in your house. And so the first thing we should do is make right to God and then make right with our spouse. Now, God gave man the greatest gift of all. And he gave God, he gave man a helpmate. In the Greek, if you do the study, the word helpmate meant a revealer of the enemy. All the time, the woman was at the tree, Genesis chapter 3. When the, when the serpent, you remember the serpent? The serpent went, shh. It was a Filipino serpent. The next chapter, he went like, it was a Samoan serpent. The next chapter, he went, Hoy! we found out that he was a Portuguese serpent. Now, you know I'm only playing with you, okay? But while Eve was at the tree, where was Adam? The woman was revealing where the enemy was, but Adam was busy doing something else. Oh, the wives, they like that right now. And the women said, Hmm, I got a strong amen on that one. But God brought the two to come together to complete the package and not to compete against what God bought. When you're in competition, you need to ask one another to forgive you. God has blessed me with an awesome wife who has so much gifts within her. And God has blessed her bountifully over and above till it overflows. And the church said, oh, okay, uh, Help me, somebody. 
So anyway, God gave her gifts by giving her a husband. The gifts that I have complete her gifts. The gifts that she has completes my gifts. So what we have now is we have the spirit of unity. In agreement, there is power. When there is power, you are an unstoppable gift. And that's what God wants you and I to do. So now this unstoppable gift comes procreated. We can now procreate after God's image. Read Genesis chapter 1, 26, 27, 28. And God said, let us make man in our own image. Let them make, uh, give them uh, dominion and power and authority over the fish of the air. The fish of the air. The fowl of the sea. And the cattle that live in your house. Now, you know what I'm talking about, right? God gave us dominion and power and authority. Now, listen, it's good to have fun. It's good to laugh about it. But the reality part about it is, what does God want you and I to learn? He's made you and I into his image and likeness. The greatest creation of all. It wasn't the birds and the plants and the fish and the cattle. It was you and I. Because we are made in his image, in his likeness. And he gave you and I dominion. What is the dominion and power for? Was it just over his creation? Dominion and power was given to you and I over the works of the enemy. Can we shoot up the scripture in the book of Luke chapter 10, verse 19, in the Amplified Translation, please? Simple scripture, Luke 10, 19. Behold, I have given you authority. Help me read it, please. And power to trample upon serpents, scorpions, and any and, and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power that the enemy possesses. And nothing shall in any way harm you. Now how do we know that it's true? We take that scripture and apply it in our life. We meditate upon what God's promises say. When the devices or adversities or challenges come in our life, we stand upon God's sure word. Now let's go into Isaiah. Let's look at the word in chapter 54, verse 17. Simple scripture, Old Testament, King James is fine. If you have it in your Bibles right before you. Isaiah 54, 17. It should say, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise up against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Same scripture. Go into the NLT, please. Different translation, same scriptures. But in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. How many servants of the Lord we have here? These, he says, these benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. And everyone that sees this word, believes what it says, should say, Amen. The word Amen means, so be it. I agree. 
So God is teaching you and I something this morning. You and I are made as God has created us in his image. So we know that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they three all exist. But they three are in one. So when God made you and I, he gave us a body, he gave us a soul put in a body, and he bred into our nostrils the breath of life, which is spirit. But the spirit is not just now the breath of life. The spirit needs to receive the living word of God. And therefore, John 3, 3, if we can put that up, please. It tells us, except for man to be born again, he cannot enter or see the kingdom of heaven. As soon as we can, put up John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said unto them, the word verily, verily means solemnly or truly, I tell you. I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Try and amplify, please. Amplify translation. Jesus answered him, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, that unless a person is born anew, from where? Because you were born into this world from your physical mother. That's flesh. But you need to be born now from above. How do you get born from above? By faith. He, uh, let's hold that. Go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. I'm flowing as the Spirit of God is saying, so I'm moving. Now faith. What is faith? This is how you get born again. What is faith? Let's read. Amplified Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for. Being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. This is deep now. Faith. What is faith? Faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. How many of you bought a brand new car? Within the past 30 years. <laughs> okay, i sorry, I had to say that within the past 30 years. When you bought that car, they gave you a, a, a title deed that you had to sign your name on it, and the uh, seller had to sell, put their name on it. It identifies that you are the clear owner of this vehicle. Now, it could be a vehicle, watch this, it could be a home. It could be anything that carries value. What is important to you? You know, even your child has a baby's birth certificate. It reveals who the child is, who the parents are, and it goes further than that. Now, your faith is your title deed of what you're believing God for. In other words, you have proof of existence in black and white. That this house belongs to me. Therefore, you cannot just enter into my home and claim dominion over my home because we're going to get big time scrap. Isn't that true? Somebody might get hurt. You can't just go into my car or, or walk to my car and say, hey, I, I like your keys to your car. Where are you going? I'll go to McDonald's, buy you something. Yeah, go. <laughs> 
But if they say, oh, I, I, you know, I'm just taking a car. That's not my car. Wait, wait, hold on. Should I pull on the visor? Whose name is that on there? Oh, it's, it's Jay Amina. Yeah, that's me. What's your name? Who your daddy, boy? <laughs> Get out then. Give me back the key. As simple as that. Isn't that true? Help me, somebody. Is that true? That's the same way with you. That's the reason why the devil can't touch you. Because you bought with the blood of Jesus. You purchased. Jesus already purchased you with the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is now a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now we walk with our head up high, our shoulders back. We declare and sing a new song that Jesus Christ is our Lord. He is our Savior. He is our Deliverer. He is our Burden Bearer. He is our Healer. He is our Way Maker. He's the River of Life. And He is the Great I Am. That's who He is. Simple. But the hard thing is, when we lose focus of who God is in our life, Therefore, we trip, we stumble, we fall. If you are there or have been there, dust yourself off. Rise up. Your redemption draweth nigh. Come back home to Jesus. That's all you need. It's not about religion, my friend. It's not about things traditional. It's not about a culture. I'm glad to be a Hawaiian. But my cocoa, my blood, is not what gives me access to the kingdom of heaven. It's not on your denomination. It's not on your history. It's only by one, and his name is Jesus. We shouldn't be looking at the names of churches. The name of this place is only to, the purpose for it is only there to stand forth for who's in operation. But the reality is, God is in full operation. This is his haleokeakua. We just come to worship him here. We come to give him the praise. And we come to share the word and the love of God that many will understand and comprehend God's grace. I'm about to wrap it up. Focus causes you to put your thoughts in check with your eyesight. Let me say that again. Focus causes you to put your thoughts in check with your eyesight or in what you see. It helps you to zero in on your target. Pastor Jay Jr. and several of our guys, at times, they go, they go hunting. But before they go hunting... They go to this place up at Diamond Head and they try to, uh, I guess, zero in or uh, adjust their, their, their guns or their scopes so that they would, you know, I mean, they don't want to go all the way to wherever they go and then they go hunting and they shoot and a bullet fall down. They want it to make a hit to the target. So they go to a place and they they start shooting this thing. When I went, went up with them, he said, Dad, let's go. Let's go. 
So I went there and, and man, I, I jumped several times because I know my, what, was, what they were doing. Last time I heard a gunshot, somebody was chasing me. But anyway, <laughs> anyhow, <laughs> oh, I was chasing somebody. I got to think about that. Anyway, so I, I jolted, you know, I, I jolted hearing these things go on. And I was thinking to myself, man, why do they got keep on doing this? So they went on their hunting trip, came back, and man, they had a lot of venison. And so, you know, he was telling me the stories about it. He said, Dad, we was across one ridge, and, and you know, certain people were flushing some of the deers out from one way and others out from another way and so forth. Long story short, you know, I zeroed in on my gun, on my target. And as far as the distance were, just with that pull of the trigger, it hit my target square, bullseye, and it took him out. Now, what am I saying about that? He focused. He didn't allow any distraction to take place. But before he focused there, he focused somewhere else. He went to the actually shooting range, or gun range that they call it. This is a place that you come to test your target. This is a place that you learn to zero in. That you might be able to, when you take a shot at the enemy, and many of you have put away your weapon for such a long time, that you need to take it apart, grease it up, dust it off, and you need to put it to use. This year, 2017, it won't be just a slide through. I'd just like to reveal something. Many of you almost didn't make 216. Almost didn't make it. But God's grace, because someone was praying on your behalf, cleared the pathways. Allow focus to come back. Cause you to get back on track. And look where you are today. It's not where you were that counts. It's where you are. Can you say that with me? It's not where I was. It's where I am. Where are you today? You're in a place that you can hear and comprehend God's word. Well, I can hear his message at home. I watch, I watch pastor on television every Sunday or throughout the week. I watch him on television. But it's nothing like being in the presence of Almighty God and letting His Holy Spirit speak to you. God gave me an outline, and it is to teach you how to strive in the Spirit. I mentioned the triune God, and I'll close with this. We have a body that is world consciousness, we have a soul that is self consciousness. But we have a spirit, we are spirit beings, that is God consciousness. Without the spirit of God being alive inside of us, you are actually a walking dead person. Because you have no destiny. You don't know if tomorrow is promised. Where will you end up without Christ? See, the real you and me will never die. Ecclesiastes 12, 7 says this body will go back to the dust of the earth but the Spirit will go to the Father. 
Where would the real you go? Where would you go? If you read Luke 16, I don't have time to go there. Read Luke 16. Read from verse 19 down. You find out about two men. One was a humble servant. When he died, the angels came and took him to Abraham's bosom. However, the other one who rejected Christ by saying the word nay ended up in a place called hell, Gehenna. Some might say, hell is cool. Hell is parties. We're going to do this and we're going to do that. Don't be deceived, my friend. We wish not the worst person to end up in a place called hell. We've been given the privilege to do the drama, Hell is Real. In the month of March, we'll be taking it in different parts of the island throughout the year before we start taking it to the outside island. We had the privilege of doing it at least a dozen times here in our house. I don't know if it's going to come back here in Waianae. Why am I saying all of this? Because God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him, spirit and in truth. Can you tell your neighbor beside you, focus? A basketball player, whenever he takes a shot, he focuses in on the basket, and he takes that shot. A baseball player, as he wants to hit the best home run, keeps his eyes on a ball, not just on a bat, but on the ball so that they both can connect to make a home run. A football player seeing a receiver go downfield for 60 yards or so, his target zeroes in, and he has just enough strength to release that ball right into that person's hand. He zeroes in by focus. A golfer, my man, Tiger, Tiger, Tiger Woods, brought up here in Waianae, I have him yet in my garage closet. One of the things said about Tiger is one of the guys who has the best records of all began to lose focus. When him losing focus, he lost his edge. Still trying his best to compete, although, and I still believe he got it in him. But when he first lost focus, he lost his edge. And he began to lose the battle by taking the championships that he once won before. What is your focus? What are you seeking God for? What are you believing God to do in your life? If it's working out your marriage, if it's working a relationship in your family, if it's getting better finances or getting a better job than you are, it's if, if it's believing God for promotions, because everything about God is to succeed, prosper, be in health. Third John verse 2. God wants us. He desires for you, you and I to go up to the next level. Isn't it time? I believe your answer is, yes, it is. It's time. So all we need to do today, receive what the word of God says. Zero in. Let's focus, let's aim, and let's work hard at it. And let God bring deliverance in our life. Somebody can help me by saying amen. Can you put your hands together? Can you stand to your feet? Let me pray for you first.